This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. If you would like to submit a question for the podcast, then you can email us at coppercrabpodcast at gmail.com or you can call or text us at our new number, 615-314-5053. If you want to pick up Entheos merch, we just put a bunch of new merch up in the store online. It's www.entheosstore.com here is the tour shirt leftover tour shirt we have very few of these so go and grab one while you can Naveen also has on our limited edition tie-dye that we dropped it's super cool it's a you red can, and black tie-dye hoodie it's a red for and those black of you tie-dye who hoodie. are not watching yes and you can go and grab that from our merch store we have those are these are both limited edition shirts I purposely ordered a good amount of hoodies so that people could grab them who missed out on the pre-order. So there are still some left. Go and pick it up. And thanks to everybody who has already picked up a bunch of stuff from that. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Thank you guys so much. It, it's crazy to me that there are people out there who want to wear our merch and who grab it when we announce merch drops and stuff like that, even when they buy it on tour. So thank you so much for supporting our band and what we do and grabbing our merch. And putting me to work because I send all of that stuff out myself. And right now our entire like library room that we have in our house is full of packages. Yeah, I think so, a lot of people might not know that uh, Cheney actually physically ships the merch. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Uh, but it's work that I love doing. So it's fun to do for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you guys write notes or anything, I always see every note and I try to write back to every single one that we get. So, yes, it is actually me. I see people posting that online, like wondering if I'm actually the person who's sending the notes or if it's a merch company. And if you order from this store, it is literally me. I ship every order. I reply to every email. If you're, you know, mad about something, I don't know. People aren't really usually mad about anything. But There's been a couple you... complaint emails, huh, Jamie? <laughs> um, actually, they're never really complaint emails. So... Like with this tie dye, they ran like a week late from our distributor, so I had to email some people about that. So you know, it's just stuff like that. But it we handle it all. We're DIY till we die, baby. I wonder. I, I we talk about that often. Like, why are we like that? Yeah, I know. I was just I was just gonna say that might be a good thing to talk about. Why are we shipping our own merch yeah. rather than having a company do it? Well, we do have. So we do have a night shift merch store. We have that. Um, we also have an Empiricon merch store. So those are like our... That's Europe, by the way. And that's, that's European. So those are like the the two big distributors that we have shipping our merch. And Metal Blade, I believe, has an indie merch store for us. And then we have this store where we ship everything ourselves. And I don't know. I guess the reason behind us shipping merch is because we do want to have a direct connection with people who support our band and I think that that has been a really cool way to like like I I recognize names I I recognized Harrison's name when Harrison hit us up about you know helping out with the podcast you were like did you buy merch yeah because he'd ordered merch so I like I keep those names stored in my brain and then I'll meet people in real life and stuff and it's just I think it's a cool way to connect but beyond that it's like there's just something that's ingrained in me that has been since I was a kid when I was hustling and 
you know, burning CDs for my early earliest bands I was in. I would yeah. like burn. We still burn our own CDs. CDs too, by the way. So we still burn all of our own CDs and we <laughs> just pass them out. All the drawings on the front is just me with a Sharpie. That's what, that's you know, what what I remember being, uh, like in smaller, like unsigned bands or whatever. Yeah. And it was my dream to have a CD that was actually pressed. Same. And have a barcode. Same. I remember being like, there's a barcode on the back. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's insane. You know, what was cool to me was when I, uh, it was in, you know, you know, those little like sleeves that Primal, we, yeah. we printed Primal in. So I was always impressed when people had art on the front and back. And like actual yeah, yeah. art and not just like typed up stuff. Yeah, I was like, like, dude, it's got art underneath like the tray. Remember the CD <laughs> yeah, tray? Yeah, It's got art under there, dude. Yes, that was so cool to me. I wanted it so badly, but I didn't get it until, you know, I'd been in a I was thinking of years. some of the packaging from way back when, mm-hmm. when they'd have the tray would be like a different color. Yeah. All right. That that was actually pretty cool. I kind of, I kind of wish we could bring that back. We can. We it can was like a solid... Uh, I remember Earth Crisis had one, mm-hmm. and it was green. The tray was green, and then it also had these like squares taken out of the like sp- spine. I guess it's called. Like it looked really cool. Yeah, it I don't. Was, I can't um, really in or visualize what you're talking about. Yeah, we used to have it, but we don't have it anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I used to. I got rid of all all my CDs. Kind of a regret. Not going to lie. Yeah, you know, I, so my mom still has all of my CDs. I think she might have given them to me. Not, uh, I don't know, but they're like in a CD. You don't have the cases? I don't have the cases. I've got them in because back in the day when we had to like listen to CDs in our cars, we would just take like a, what were those called? A CD book. Yeah, yeah. So you'd go and buy these six CD books and you could have one that stored like 500 Mm -hmm. CDs. And what you'd do is you'd take the booklet and the disc out of you'd throw the fucking package right into the trash. Well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I would with a lot of them. I still have some, but you'd throw the package into the trash and then you'd take your booklet and your CD and put them in your yeah. CD book. And then you could yep. have all your friends like flip through it. And that's where you'd put some burned CDs to like really show off your illegally downloaded, <laughs> your illegally yeah, downloaded actually, elite musical uh, taste. A huge thing on tour. Like oh, really? before, I, I've, I'm old enough to have been touring when there was no iPods. So it was like having a CD book. Listen like up, a big, kids. fat one, like a binder. <laughs> and you'd be like, Yo, let me see your CD book. You know, like, pass Wait, it so up you here. all took them? You all yeah. took? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then our vocalist, Leo, got an iPod. Mm. And that became the iPod. Like, hey, can someone pass me up the iPod? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously from there. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but at the, be- at the beginning of our band, there was still the iPod because our first tour was in 2015. I mean, Spotify was not as prevalent then Definitely as it is now. No. And Frank, Frank's iPod was the iPod. And yeah, Frank yeah. had some fucking, he's, Frank's got really good music taste and he got me into like a bunch of bands just through that, just How, through going yeah. through his, his, uh, iPod and that's what we would listen to on tour when we were driving. There is definitely something cool about having a fixed amount of music that you can listen to, which yeah. is still like, you know, thousands of songs, yeah. still more than than what you could have with a CD book. Right. I got a, I kind of got a little taste of that mm-hmm. when I was rocking the flip phone for a while. <laughs> so I had I had to download music and put it on there and I had to 
be uh, like intentional about what I wanted to listen to. Totally. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, actually. And you know what's another thing is when you're searching around for music online, you do find stuff that isn't on Spotify. Oh, totally. Like extra. Yeah. I had like this air discography and it had a bunch of live stuff some unreleased tracks stuff like that yeah so well i I mean even like if you're on soundcloud there's a ton of stuff on soundcloud that does not exist on spotify (laughs) especially for like edm producers like and i'm i mean the entire like the spanning edm genre like anything from you know electronic yeah yeah the spanning electronic scene there's a ton of shit on there there are a bunch of mixes and stuff that you'll just never hear on spotify it's so, like that for Bandcamp for uh, metal. Bandcamp for metal is yeah. awesome. My friend Jesse, he would just scroll like through Bandcamp and just find a ton of releases on Bandcamp that he could not find on Spotify yep. and just buy them all. Because there's a bunch of obscure underground shit on there that you just can't really find anywhere else. Yeah, when you were tracking the vocals for our new EP, <laughs> I was sitting there and... I would I would go on uh, Twitter X or whatever and look for brutal death metal to listen to. Yeah, and a lot of it, I'd be pointed to Bandcamp and it wouldn't be on Spotify. Oh really? Because they probably don't want to pay the like fifty bucks or whatever, however much, however much it costs to get on Spotify. CD Baby. Yeah, I know <laughs> it does cost money to get on. Yeah. All I mean, there's a bunch of music I have platforms. like the on my SoundCloud that it's not. I'm not trying to pay the 50 bucks well, so to get it on Spotify. I can't remember. So posting your stuff on Bandcamp is free. All of that's free. Yeah, it's free. And then uh, it costs money if you want to download it. Mm-hmm. But people sell stuff too. On totally. Their, they'll have their merch store integrated. And we then I that. think you can have an option where the per- person's, whatever their IP address, or I don't know how they do this, but you can only listen to it like five times. Yeah. Then they're like, hey, you got to support. Yeah. Okay. You know, the other... So, Aspect if you're looking at it from like a, a distributing your music point of view, it's a really good idea to put it on Bandcamp if you only have it on Spotify. Because here is something that I do not feel enough people are talking about. And this is another reason why we run our own merch store. Yeah. We're going to get back to that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, <laughs> getting emails. Emails yeah. are one of the most important things that you can have as an artist. The email directly to your fans. So we have compiled a list through Bandcamp, through selling merch, and through just people signing up through our website of emails that's totally like, it's got so much value to it because we can just directly reach our fans and shoot them an email. And I see it happen, you know, we don't send a ton of emails, but if we ever do a merch drop or a tour uh, drop, I guess, tour announcement, then I'll send an email for it. And I can directly see through, I use MailChimp to do it. So I can directly see how many people have opened those emails. And I will tell you that it does work to, it's a great way to have direct access to people who will listen, who, who already have an interest in listening to your music. And when you sell stuff through like a merch distributor, then they're getting those emails. So any, sort of newsletter they want to send out or whatever, they've got access to those emails of people who have bought your merch rather than those emails going directly to you. So it's truly, truly an invaluable thing to have 
And I think it helps that we don't abuse the email list. I think if you got an email from us, you'd probably be more likely to open it because you're not getting it every week or, or every many. Yeah, yeah every day I, I there are some places that will send me an email every single day and yeah. eventually i just end up muting that stuff. whereas if they sent me one every couple weeks yeah i would want to check it out let's see what's going on with this merch company or whatever because totally. yeah when i buy merch online i get the emails yeah and i don't want to unsubscribe i kind of like getting them i do too because seeing. sometimes there is sometimes like the subject it'll be there's a sale on this specific thing just right. for you cheney and i'm yeah. like okay i want that but, but yeah uh, but that's that's definitely cool and i think uh, obviously there's a the component of we make more money if we send it ourselves there's less people to pay yeah mm-hmm. so that is it's a eliminating thing. Uh, a third party and then i think when you get more involved any aspect that you get more involved with with your own band or project you're just naturally going to care about it a little bit more because it's on your mind a lot more. 100%. And I think that we have dialed our merch in a lot because I run the merch store. Yeah. Like it's not some thing that I only think about when we get up because the way that a lot of merch stores work, you, you will sell stuff through them and you get paid like quarterly. Right. So it's not just something that I think about you know, every three months when we get a payment from a merch store, it's something that I literally think about our merch store and how to dial in our merch and make better merch every single day. Yeah. So you're working that uh, muscle. More. 100%. And I, I feel like that's the case in many things that we do. And that like with videos, because we shoot videos a lot, you right. know so much about about cameras and and lighting and shooting videos it's the more that you pay attention to that (laughs) stuff whereas if we were to go to someone's house to do these playthroughs and they uh, like someone who's a pro at that was shooting it all for us we wouldn't have any of this like uh knowledge on how to shoot our own videos and that has also been in completely invaluable to us because it's like now we have a podcast the podcast only looks decent because you know stuff about uh, cameras so it all like works together yeah and then you're able to test more and get the feedback yourself 100 percent. so we're putting out a if we put out a video or a shirt or whatever we can see what's doing well Mm -hmm. and kind of use that as a gauge to on where to keep going yeah just dial it in you know that's what it's all about and you don't want to go too far in that direction obviously we're always trying to balance what we want to do and artistically and what we think is cool mm-hmm. verse and also what people respond to so it's this cool little like balance absolutely and, uh, like a dance that we've tapped into yeah and, and the, i like it i do too it's just the more that you do the more you're going to dial in every aspect and then when it does come time to so what i will probably eventually do right is hire someone to handle you know aspects of our merch store that i don't really need to have my hand in everything because you don't want to be like too you don't want to be the person who's trying to like do everything and and therefore something is suffering because of that yeah so that way when that stuff happens like when we do hire someone we will have the knowledge of that we can hand off to them which is the overall goal it's like 
I want to know everything about our merch store so that I can just kind of oversee it and not always have my hand in every single aspect of it. But then it's like, I know, I, I like have this knowledge of how to dial in exactly. the stuff. And that goes across the board, everything about being in a band. Mm-hmm. We do almost everything and then we have a good grasp on how it all works. Yeah. So if once you start working with other people, you, your bullshit detector is extremely high. Yeah. Because you did it. Totally. You, you sold the merch live as the merch person. So you know how to do that. Right. I know how to put together the light show and the the backing tracks and all this stuff. Yeah, know? totally. So, but yeah, we definitely don't intend on doing all this stuff ourselves forever. No, but... I think right now we're at a spot where it still makes sense for us to do it. Yes. But obviously as the band grows more and more and... Chani and I want to spend our time doing other things. It's going to make more sense to pass it along. Totally. And that would be advice. You know, if someone were to ask me like advice on how to run a band and when to start hiring people, like I think that there is a time when it's way too early for you to source outsource those things. Like, you know, this, uh, a band who's selling a, you know, say you're selling like 10 packages of merch a month. You don't really need to outsource that to someone else because you're losing money on a very small amount of money in the first place. You yeah. want to maximize, you know, you want to maximize uh, the amount of money that's coming in for your band. And that that's how you keep a band going. Because any person you want to bring in, any person you want to hire, that's money going out. Yeah. So you don't want to have all of those things, have all of these people working for you before you can even afford to drive to, you know, afford yeah. gas to drive to the next town to to play a show. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And then let's be real, it's kind of a good balance in our band because I'm the I don't want to spend anything guy. Yeah. And Chaney's kind of like, hey, we need to maybe stop being so cheap all the time. <laughs> So I think it's a good balance that we have in that way uh, because you can get yourself into a situation where I think the danger of trying to do everything yourself Mm -hmm. is you're not equipped to do it. Totally. And then you're missing out on reaching more people and that sort of thing. So you have to give and take. Yeah. That's all. That's what it's all about. You know, like we, 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 uh, before we signed to metal blade, we were thinking, Oh, maybe we should put out our own album. You know, and our manager is like, okay, so who's calling the distributor to get the song on it's st- stuff that I don't even know about? Yeah, exactly. You're like, who's doing that? Who's and the I'm product like, well, manager? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so, they're like, who's the product manager? Yeah. It's like, I don't. What is? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes it makes sense to work with other people and Absolutely. outsource, but I think in the key areas and stuff that directly. Um, Something's directly artistic in terms of the merch designs and all this stuff. We want to be a part of that. Absolutely. And we want to know what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. And we could do it with a company too. Uh, you know, the, there's the plus sides of doing it with a company or other people are already on their website looking for merch. Absolutely. That is. Whereas we, we don't have any traffic like that. That's a reason why we have both things going on for yeah. us. That's, a, so. that's a, uh, why we haven't stopped having our merch distributed by night shift or by Empiricon because we do want, you know, that kind of traffic as well. But 
some people don't have the time. Uh, I, like Chani and I have sort of made the decision two years ago. This is all we're going to do. Yeah. So we need to make it work. You know, you know? Yeah. we need to have money coming in. Absolutely. We need to do this to survive. So a lot of people aren't in that position. Yeah. So they might want to just not think about it and send it to someone else. The other part of it is that, you know, the way that kids are growing up now is, and the way that bands are accessed and that you get your music out there is drastically different from when we yeah. were kids. When we were kids, that was the spirit. It's, you know, you had to burn CDs to go and pass them out. You had to like, you had to do more things that were like out and about. And I think that that is why we, that, that just having that instilled in both of us, because we both are kind of like DIY, you know, from the ground yeah. I mean, touring. type things. Yeah. Touring, touring was like. That's how you got noticed right. going on tour. Mm-hmm. Chaney and I talk about this a lot now. Uh, that I don't believe that to be a thing anymore. No. I, I think so. I do think it's worth not getting too stuck in your ways. Yeah, we go on tour, obviously, but we don't really have the expectation that a tour is going to make us really big. Absolutely it's kind of, not. We're constantly trying to build the band from home, really. Yeah, and then when you go on tour, that's kind of just like a cool payoff. Yeah, and believe me. I understand how cool it is to get like really big tours and really of sick course, tours. Yeah. But I, you know, we've done tours with the Black Dahlia Murder, the Dillinger Escape Plan, like huge bands. We've done huge White Chapel. We've done tours with huge bands, but not one of those tours is the like, all right, we're huge now because we're on this tour. Yeah. It, that is not how it works. There are so many bands we're there are so many bands who do tours and then they're not even a band yeah. a year. We or were two talking later. about that today. Uh, when we went to breakfast, mm-hmm. we're just looking back on, I kind of consider us to still be like a new band. Definitely. And we were just looking on the, the tours that we've done and the bands we've played with. I mean, a huge portion of them are either broken up or not really active anymore. Totally. Yeah. So it's a very hard thing to keep going. I, I think a lot of people may underestimate that. Yeah. Just the amount of stuff you have to be willing to put up with. And sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not going on tour as a metal band is not, I mean, tour isn't really glamorous no matter which way you spin it. Like, but we specifically, we tour in a van and a lot of the time we're sleeping in a van with yeah. five other people. And it's like, it's not a super glamorous lifestyle. You have to give up a lot of comforts of being at home. There are some nights, like luckily we do this Planet Fitness thing and we go to Planet Fitness every day and everyone in our band is way down to do that and go and take showers. But a lot of the venues that we play, don't. there are no showers yeah. at the venue. So if you're not like figuring out something like that, then you don't even get to take a shower a lot of days. And then it's you know hard to even be in a group of people who all agree we're going to go take showers before totally. the show. Inner dining. That's why we run a very strict, uh, what would it be called? Monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you know, it's touring is very hard. Touring's very hard. It's hard to keep it all going. So that goes back to the like DIY mindset. It's important to make good decisions when you can and it's important to save a few pennies when you can 
and to have the emails of people who like your music so you can tell them you're going on tour so they can come and watch you and you a know. little all the little things add up yeah and that's really what we were just talking about this yesterday we were like how can we fix the leaks in the system yeah and we're trying to be more tight about when we make the content and x yeah. y and z you know we're writing it out on the fridge yeah i mean that's a another thing that we were talking about is that you an important part of making the band thing work is being willing to self audit yeah you have to if something if there's honestly a part, and you have to be honest Hon- with you yourself have to be really honest with yourself if there's a part of what you're doing that is not working then or that's not completely dialed in then you over time have to analyze what's going on yep. and self-correct I, I think a lot of the time we try to own up to the stuff that's not going right yeah uh for and it's really easy to tell these days because you have numbers everywhere mm-hmm. so if you have an uh your, if let's say your instagram videos aren't getting very many views you're not getting zucked or whatever it's just you're not making videos that people want to see and we, and i'm not saying that to be mean we, this is what we do. This is how we get our band to be bigger. We look over at the Spotify or whatever. If the numbers are low, I don't think the label's not doing their job or people just don't get it or whatever. I'm just like, we're not doing something right here. Yeah. So we need to look at why that is and how to fix it. Absolutely. So we do spend a lot of time doing that. And um, the same with our merch. Yeah. You know, when we used to go on tour, we definitely didn't sell as much merch. And it was because Chaney and I sort of took a step back and we're like, okay, what's going on here? Like, look at this as a whole. It's not, there's no vision here. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's make everything match a certain vibe. What's the vibe? Yep. And for us, that was, we want it to be death metal looking. And then we also want it to be trippy. Mm -hmm. So it's every shirt is trippy and death metal. Yep, it's got to it's got to check those two boxes. And you know, right. things really turned around for us when, you know, there was a time in 2020 where we decided that the band would be the two of us. Yeah. And we had a lot of honest discussions around that time yeah. with each other because we knew that in order to make it work like it needed the vision, the whole thing needed to come together exactly better than it had before. So it became, it's not just about how, it's not just about the music. It's about the music, the art, the music videos, what we're putting on the internet, what, what the shirts look like. It's every little detail about the band. It's not, it's not one specific thing. It's how's the band look on stage? What's the, you know, you, you do have to look over all of those things and kind of dial them in. And I think when I was younger, I would have said that was um, too focused on business mm-hmm. for me to want to acknowledge those things. Yeah. But I really don't think, I don't feel any less artistically satisfied. I kind of feel more artistically satisfied. I feel satisfied, way more artistically satisfied. And that's because we've just sort of identified what we're doing. Yeah. And then we can really get creative and really lean into those things. Yeah. And we're doing it with everything. The music. You name it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's it's really helped. It's really helped it be more fun for me because I do think it's kind of fun to have 
certain parameters that you're working within. I think that is fun rather than just go, okay, sky's the limit. We're just going to do anything we you know feel like today. Yeah. So I think it's actually fun to have a little bit of structure. Yes. And then within that structure, I'm getting as creative as I want. And then I'm also over here seeing how it's it's like a game and it's sort of affecting these numbers over here. And, and that means that more people are enjoying what we do. And that is freaking, as a whole thing, I think that's just so much more fun. I agree. I, I personally feel way more artistically fulfilled because now it's like every part is something that like fits together and it's like this cool package of like, Exactly. And it's, I feel like, um, I, I feel like we're thriving doing all of that. Yeah. Like focusing on the band in that way. So. That's something to think about. I think yeah. it's a very, um, it's a game of looking at everything as a whole, trying yeah. to make it all work. The other thing is it's important. Like one thing that's been big for us is just in bands that we go on tour with or just friends of ours who are in bands, we listen to people's advice. Like it's, or it's just fun to learn from other people. Yeah. It's fun to hear what someone who's really succeeding at something has to say. And when you start to kind of follow their advice a little bit, you see it work for you too. Like exactly. it's important to listen to people who yeah. know what they're talking about and just you know, every band that we go on tour with, like a headlining band, say Whitechapel, we'll watch Whitechapel set learning, and we're learning and we learn from them. Yeah. And you, you know, you just look at all the cool shit that they're doing and you're like, all right, how can I bring this into my own thing? Exactly. So that's a whole nother uh, aspect of it as well. And we've been really lucky to have some amazing friends who have a lot of good advice to give. And totally. Yeah. It's, it's all just, you have to, you have to assess the situation. Yeah. And a lot of it is like just kind of being too proud, mm -hmm. you know, for me, maybe in the past I was more that way. Like, for example, if whenever I would hear like anything business related talk, I would just like shut it down. Like, okay, I'm not even going to go there. This is dumb. Yeah. You know, this is stupid. I'm not, into, I'm not into music for that, but that's not really being creative. You're kind of denying yourself this whole other side of things that you could be, uh, being creative with. Yeah. So, and then another aspect is pride. You're kind of like, well, I've been doing it for like this for however long. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so what? See, you know, that, like, I'm not too proud to learn from other bands, like you said, that are younger than me. Maybe they've been a band for less time than what I'm doing, than what, the, than how long I've been going. Yeah. That's okay. I don't care. doesn't matter. I don't care either. And I think that, you know, some people get very caught up in the ego side of it. And so, some people like are unwilling to change like here's something that i saw a lot when playthroughs started becoming yeah. a huge thing there was one side of my friends and it tended to be the older ones who didn't really want to do they're like well that's not what i came up doing yeah. these dumb playthroughs and i don't want to put myself on the internet who wants to watch that and it's like well now we've seen people who put themselves on the internet succeeding over people who and making a living off of what they're doing, making online. a living. A lot of them don't even tour yeah. and they just make a living off of that. Exactly. And the people who have refused to kind of, you know, I'm not going to change and follow the new trend. Those are people, a lot of those people I've seen, like not, not, yeah. not improve what they're doing. And kind a lot of them just don't even tour anymore, you know, yeah. or the ones that are doing fine. 
and I'm not like calling anybody out. It's just like they're used to doing things a certain way and it's, and it is working for them. Yeah. And that's great. A lot of people that are my age, 40 and you know, a little bit older than me. I'm not 40. I'm 38, but my age and older, they, they have, and they're in a big band. It's working for them. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, why not do what you're doing? And then add in a little bit of this new stuff. Totally. And then see where that goes. Totally. Like for me, it was honestly so fun to accept that, hey, this is where things are going. You need to be making videos and taking advantage of this new, newer stuff. Yes. It's been so fun to see where it's gone. Totally. And it's been, it's been like, it's transformed my life in terms of how the band operates and um, the success that we're having, quote unquote. And uh, when videos and stuff like that first came out i thought it was dumb yeah i honestly remember remember when people started doing a lot of playthroughs i thought it was stupid yeah that's that's where i was at yeah I just i just was like why would you want to watch something online just go to a show yeah totally and you know that that held me back i could have been one of the first p playthrough people yeah you know i've known how to record longer than a lot of people and uh i missed the boat on that one to be honest yeah, I just think that there, there is something to be said. <laughs> like, it's important. Don't, I'm not saying to like completely change who you are to um, appeal to a trend. Of course not. But I think that when trends come along, there is always something to be learned from them. Yeah. And you don't want to be the, the boomer who <laughs> who refuses to to change your ways because you're... No, we're doing I don't, like, I'm not going to yeah, do yeah. what those kids are doing. It's like, well, you know, sometimes the kids are on to something, man. Definitely. I'm always watching. Yep. You have to. You have to. But you don't want to come off uh, like a boomer with like <laughs> rhinestone jeans type of a situation. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Harrison, you want to read these? Uh, yeah, we're uh, going to take some questions today. Yeah, we are. And before we take questions, I forgot to mention that. So uh, next week... We're going to California for a week, which is awesome because we get to see Earth Crisis on we, Friday. Yeah. We also have not taken a trip to California since we moved out here. We have not. And we're coming up on two years. Yes. So. And I think we're both, we're talking about it. Well, I think we're both pretty excited to go back yeah. and we're going to Santa Cruz and see, going see to the Bay. and See the fam. See the fam and see some friends. And so we're going to be gone until next Tuesday. So we'll probably shoot the podcast on Wednesday after afternoon and post it sometime that evening so just so you guys know and also if you are planning on going to these Lorna Shore Christmas shows that we are playing with Lorna Shore and Currents and Rivers of Nile and Varials go buy tickets right now because the New Jersey show 2,500 tickets have already been sold and it is sold out so if you missed Getting a ticket, then you miss the boat on that one, and we won't be seeing you for Christmas. But luckily, the other two shows are like within two hours of each other. So yeah. go pick up a ticket. Those shows are going to be crazy and so fun, and we can't wait to see a lot of you there. All Good right. times. All right. So now we're going to answer some questions. We need a question. A jingle? Yeah, a little jingle. All right. I can do that. Question that. time, question time. <laughs> that was to uh, Dragon Tales. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, first question is from TJ. I have a new death metal band in the works, almost ready to play our first show. We're having trouble getting a logo that we're happy with. We want it to be sick and look pro. Uh, we designed one ourselves, and now that it's done, we're not really sold on it. 
Any suggestions on what to do or who we could get to do it for us? That's a really good yeah. question because logo. finding a Maybe. logo next to uh, naming your band, finding a logo is the second most hard part of starting a band. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. And I would say, <laughs> honestly, if you do not like the logo that you have, go and check out some bands whose logos you do like. And a lot of the time those you can just, you know, look up the artist on the internet. Yeah, and it's usually not very much money to get a logo made. Yeah, it's logos aren't very expensive. It's you use for your whole band's career. Exactly. We have two logos. So we have a metal logo and then we have our sort of slick logo. Yeah. I think that works for us. Um, the slick We didn't want to have just the metal logo all the time, but yeah. we, we wanted to have a metal logo for metal-looking merch. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool having the two. Um but when we when we're doing like uh, so the plain font logo, which is on both of our shirts right yeah. now, uh, that's what goes on like our flyers, and it goes on some shirts. But honestly, we don't use it on a. T- we use the metal logo on shirts a lot, yeah. but that's so. kind of like our slick corporate. And to be uh, honest it goes with on you, our uh, album like covers that too. logo, I didn't really like it. I didn't uh, like I it. I still kind of don't like it. So there, the chances are, and a lot of people are like that. I talk to a lot of bands. They're kind of like, yeah, our logo sucks. So <laughs> that's true. It might just be the type of thing. Just go with the shitty logo, and that's just yeah. what you got. Or you can be like Sanguisugi Boggy and get yeah. like a lo- a crazy logo that no one could ever fucking read in a million years. But you you look at it and you know it's Sanguisugi Boggy. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This reminds me. In the Discord, they were t- they were talking about Barry. So I got in the Discord this week for like the first time in months. Barry and from Look What I Did. No. Oh, Barry. Uh, they were talking <laughs> Canada. <laughs> no, they were talking about the Canadian show, and apparently, so they they were like, whoever your Canadian friend is who said that he'd never heard of Barry was pulling your leg. And for the record, that was Dean Lamb from Archspire who told us he's never heard of it. Maybe he was pulling my they leg. They said that it's like a huge city of two hundred and fifty thousand people. Which uh, I never would have guessed from my vantage point where I was. Okay, at. maybe he just said that he had never played there. Oh, okay. Or the story's so changing. Misquote. Yeah. Fake news happening. Well, it did have like a small town vibe to it. It definitely Dude, did. It totally did. It, it totally kind of reminded me of Des Moines. Vibe. It reminded me of Des Moines precisely. Yeah. I was wow. like, all right, I'm with my, my Canadian brethren yeah. right now. It was a sick show, dude. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, I would say uh, if I could do it again with oh, the logo. Oh, I think that also, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I think that uh, that that Barry venue is haunted because we went and looked, like we went into the upstairs and it was all like just open, weird area, attic area. And then we walked into this certain like hallway space and there were weird plastic bodies laying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was spooky i finally got one right on the timing vampire weekend spooky scary it was, was spooky i don't remember that one or a werewolf it, oh werewolf. it's werewolf bar mitzvah do you know what i'm talking about tracy morgan on 30 rock yeah all right anyway <laughs> werewolf uh so back to the logo thing yeah i i, I can't say that i would change our logo but I'm not, no. I'm not, I don't see our logo and I'm not like, oh my God, what a hype logo. I love our logo. And I guess it also really depends on what kind of band you're in. That's it too. Yeah. What kind of band are you in? Because you want your logo to be like. If you're like guttural brutal, then I'm trying to see a guttural brutal. Yeah. It better say, logo. it better yeah. just say blob, ink yeah. blob. 
Yeah. You know, it better be. Exactly. <coughs> and if Legit. it's if you're in a like a gent metal core band, then you want like a logo that everyone can read. Another thing I, I would do is go on uh, Twitter or Instagram and type in brutal metal logo hashtag and yep. start following or look at pages. I see those all the time. Yeah. Or, or if you're Fiverr. in a tech death band, then you want your logo to look a little more like it's from in they made it in space. The Copper Crab logo we got off of Fiverr. Fiverr. Yeah, we did. I think it was twenty bucks. So you can go to Fiverr. We paid a little more than a Fiverr for it. We paid a yeah. twenty or I think it was twenty bucks. Yep. A twomp. And actually the person made all this and then did you who made this part? You? Uh, he did that. Oh, cool. He did the whole thing. He did this little crab too. Yep. And I remember we needed it. We were like, we need it in like five minutes yeah. because we're posting the podcast Typical right now. Cheney and Naveen shit. Yeah. See, that is one thing this week. We're like, how can we be a little yeah, less like Cheney and Naveen? Because we'll wake up and be like, we need to post a video now. Yeah, and like, it's like, but it's not shot yet. Yeah, I know. And then, and then we're, we're scrambling like scrambling and yeah. freaking freaking out. So yeah. we're, we have a calendar on our fridge, a magnetic Which calendar. Which is Cheney's already trying to... Uh, I'm trying to change. Butt out of one of the items on there. Well, but you got something done early. Right. You guys, well, I guess that by the time <laughs> this comes out, uh, you, I will, actually you will have already posted this thing we're talking about, which is that you have like a little JFAT clip that you're going to post do. on your Instagram. Yeah. Trying to learn one of those songs. Yeah. Which you guys Review. should check out. We haven't even talked about the new Job for a Cowboy songs have we not that have come out. About that? And they announced the album as well, which we've known about for... Yeah, I didn't know if I was allowed to announce it or not, yeah. but they I know that a couple years ago they did say that we have an album and I'm Naveen's playing on it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. But yeah, it sounds great. It sounds really it good. Sounds really cool. It sounds and really I got good. uh so going to try to do a couple playthroughs for that. Hell yeah, you should. Or I'm going to do it. I don't know why I'm saying I'm going to try. So the people are asking, are you playing with Job for a Cowboy Live? The people uh, want to I know. have not done it yet, but who knows what the future will hold. Maybe I'll do it. Yeah. I think that would uh, be cool. Yeah, it might be cool. Maybe I'll do it. I, I At first, I was like, no, I'm too busy or whatever. But lately, I've been trying to say yes to more stuff and stop turning down every cool opportunity that comes my way. You know, we have a friend who on tour was telling us that there is a year where he just said yes to everything. Like he, if someone asked him, asked him to go somewhere, he was like, yeah. And that... Sounded like a good idea to me. I don't think I'm going to say yes to everything, but I will say yes to more things. I, I want to do that too, because I feel like uh, I sort of have the tendency to get very um, habitual with my life. Yeah, me so too. I'm just doing this and that's pretty much it. Right. So I think it is good for me to do that. And I, I, I want to start doing that more with uh, other projects and stuff like that. Totally. Instead of just being like, gotta do this one thing, that's it. Yep. Know, so No, uh, I also want to do the same thing. I'm starting, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start working on a project that's a little more, a little different than, a lot different than what we do with another person. And it's like, you know, why not? Why not? Why not? Why just not? do all the shit you want to do in your life. If it's not, not taken away yes from our things? main thing. Yes. Which I don't think anything that we would do mm -hmm. ever would. Then why not? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Right, well, so that's the that's the answer to the logo, to the logo. question. There you go. Do and you know what? Make sure to get a logo that looks good with some fucking <sighs> drips on it. I actually uh, wanted. I've made a few logos. That's actually something I wanted to get into. Yeah, that would be cool. So maybe maybe I'll make one for this guy. 
Yeah, what's the name of your yeah, band, hit me man? Up. If they pay me $100, I will make them a sick logo. <sighs> okay, now bucks. at first it sounded free. So no, it's not gonna be free. Hundred bucks—that's pretty cheap. All right, all right. Here's and, uh, the next question, I can send over some of my example logos that I've made. <laughs> he want. does have a portfolio. That would be kind of cool, dude. Just saying. <laughs> See, that's what we're saying. We're saying yes to more things. Yeah, and I wanted to. I've been wanting to practice my logo making, but my iPad pencil hasn't been working. You so know what that's else? Why I, w- I haven't been doing it. You know what else I want this guy to do is send us the logo that his band drew. Yeah. Let's see. I want to see how bad it really yeah, is. Yeah, show us the logo, dude. Because Re- it might release be Release the documents. Because yeah. here's the thing. You're going to be overly judgmental of your logo. Mm. Speaking from experience. Yeah. Because the, like, Entheos logo, if we would have listened to ourselves on that one, we wouldn't have probably even used it. But it's been our logo for 10 years. And I le- I actually do like it. I know I said I didn't. At first, I was like, I don't know. But I now like I'm like, one. really. It's that one that I didn't like. Yeah, I'm talking about this one. But now oh. I really like this one. Yeah, So, And another thing that's cool about that one is when it's on a flyer with a bunch of other bands, it's like bold. Yeah, stands out. exactly. Which is what we wanted. So, you know, assess what you want in a logo. And then, like we said earlier, you got to dial all of it in. Dial assess it in. what you want. So what kind of band are you? That's probably the first place to... Yep. Start assessing. All right. Uh, next question. Burning the Hive asks, Chaney, would you ever do vocal lessons asking for a friend? Speaking of not, speaking of only saying yes to some things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, you know, I've done vocal lessons before. It's not, I am, I know how to use my own voice and I can uh, tell you how I use my voice. I can, if there are things like, that I can assess when I see someone scream and I can tell like what they should change a little bit. But as far as being a vocal teacher, I am not a professional vocal teacher and I don't want to teach someone something that isn't like, that's just kind of like, you know, how I do it. So I don't really feel but that's what they want to know. They just want to know how you that's do it. True. They don't want to know the Harvard way of doing vocals. That's true. So, you know, I, it sounds I'm, to me like you're saying no to this. I may say yes to it. I may say yeah. yes to it. It just kind of depends if I have the time. I'm not bucks. against doing bucks. it. <laughs> it's not $100. <laughs> I'm not against doing it, but I would generally point people um, to someone who's like, you know, uh, Melissa Cross is doing a really great job of releasing a bunch of like cool vocal stuff with vocalists. Yeah. Um, and of course, she's been like the, you know, the, the pro at it for years and years. So I think it's important to maybe speak with someone if you're really serious about getting into vocals who knows a lot about like vocal cords and diaphragms and the inner workings of a body. Yeah, that's true. Because I am not like my expertise is not that I've studied how my body works. You know, I just do what I do. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm not the way that I learned is not super scholarly. So it's harder for me to teach people how to do stuff that I do. Yeah. So I think that kind of holds me back in a way with the teaching part. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that people might just want to learn what I do. It, it, totally. So it, it, it really depends on what you want to learn, I guess. It's a laziness factor for me personally. I just don't want to set up the stuff to do an online <laughs> lesson. Straight up. If yeah. it was set up, ready to go, I'd be like, all right, let's do, we're doing lessons. Yeah. But I'm like. Okay, I got it. Yeah. 
well, that's, move the cameras and get a, you know, I'm, just, I'm not set up to do it. Yeah. That's the problem. Another thing is like a lot of the time I just don't have the time to do it. <clears throat> yeah. That's just, it really does come down to that a lot of the time. So maybe it depends on it. But I, one thing I am always willing to do is if you want to send me like a video of yourself just doing some vocals, I can, you know, look at it for a quick minute and kind of, you know, give you a few things to improve on for sure. And for a hundred bucks oh, for $100. I will so you're going to give people vocal coaching for free. That's what you're saying. So be sure to Venmo me. And then once I see the Venmo, then I'll go to my okay, messages. So honestly, if I was a vocalist or a guitar player, I'd be like trying to do lessons all the time. I'd be like, oh, let's yeah. do it. Come on. Mm-hmm. But you know, with drums, it's, I'm, I think I'm just making excuses. Yeah. There was a there was a time in my life where I would bullshit. do a lot of lessons and it it I don't know. At the end of the day you got to do stuff that you're I'm, I'm uh, passionate not, yeah, about. I'm not for sure. The other part of this is that if I'm being completely honest, I'm not passionate about being a teacher. Yeah, me neither. I'm passionate about making art. Yeah. And teaching is like that's not really it's not my expertise. It's not my area of expertise. I'm actually this sounds weird, but I'm way into teaching when it's not a formal situation and they're paying me. That too, because so, then there's an yeah. expectation to it. Yeah. Like last night we were hanging out with our friend and he hasn't, a, he's a drummer and he has an e-kit and I kind of unsolicited just started giving him a lesson. He, I don't know if he wanted me to or not, but I was like, dude, you should try this. <laughs> so, and that was fun. And I do that for people like friends on tour and stuff. If they're like, Hey, how do you do this? I'll show them. Totally. And that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I'm on the clock giving a lesson, uh, I, I'm not that stoked about it. Yeah. But I do like showing people stuff and I really enjoy when, um, it clicks for them. Yeah. It's like really satisfying. Totally. So, so maybe hit me up. Yeah. All right, uh, next question. Shrines of Paralysis asks, uh, am I the only one that's been wanting white sleeve long, uh, white long sleeve uh, metal merch? Love the designs, but we'd love a uh, white shirt option. Hmm. Well, maybe we should do that. We had one white shirt on Tech Trek, but it wasn't long sleeve. And it sold it really, really well. well. It was kind of... It was of, the only white shirt on the tour. It was the... <laughs> and it was kind of uh, hailed as a... Um, special item yes amongst the touring yes i actually party. saw someone post a video of themselves in that shirt yesterday maybe it was ben maybe we should do a long sleeve of that it would basically yeah. be it would basically be this what i'm wearing the hoodie yeah red and black tie-dye available now but a long sleeve but a long sleeve That'd be super sick and black Lower. um also i have a psychroptic shirt that's a white long sleeve so yeah. I, I also just got the martyr ad one Oh yeah, preserving. I'm super jealous of that. For the record, Naveen does not listen to Martyr Shout AD. Out I do. It's funny that you I say do. that because I probably listened to them when you were like running around in a diaper. <laughs> That's your new favorite thing to say. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was touring in a van when that person was in a diaper, running around in a diaper. Or not born. Old Sometimes guy. people weren't even born when I was touring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, you probably were listening I mean, to Martyr dude, AD when I was running around in a diaper, I guess. Let's actually think about it. So They weren't I even a band when I was running around <clears> in a diaper. So I've been listening to them since 2001. Also, I came out in a business suit. I never wore a diaper. Yeah, I get that. A pant suit, whatever. <laughs> a, pa- a Hillary Clinton-esque <laughs> pant suit. So 2001, how old were you then? I'm not... A lady never reveals her age. 
Definitely hadn't been going to. Shows. Harrison, how old were you in 2001? Uh, five. Okay, so that's Harrison old, was quite that's literally how old in a diaper. I was then. Yeah. That's how old I was. Yeah. Oh, you know what was cool that I listened I guess to when you're this five, week, you're you guys? Not diapers. You know what was cool that I listened to this week? So the Osbournes have a podcast now, which I just found out about this week, and their episode, which was episode 208, so they must have been doing it for a while. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Is I? Uh, it was about Ozfest. And it was so cool to listen to. And I wish that it's crazy, like, touring metal festivals aren't really, it's not really much yeah, of a thing anymore. Well, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, uh, <laughs> economically speaking. Yeah. Because the big headliner band can just play that venue oftentimes. Yeah. Without the true. 20 other bands. That's true. That's why, there, that's why there's no metal fest touring anymore. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. But it was a really cool thing. I never got to go to OzFest, but I always wanted to play. But I did watch Battle for OzFest on MTV, which isn't that crazy that like MTV metal did kind of make its way into the mainstream. Like MTV was playing pretty heavy new metal bands. I mean, I talk about this all the time. It's kind of like a broken record thing that I say. Think about it. TRL, Total Request Live. I don't know if if that's still a thing or not. I don't think so. It was a big show on MTV. The, probably the most num- uh, the most popular music show, the show that played music still. Yeah. I mean, Corn was number one on it. Corn was number one a bunch of times. So that's like they beat out like Britney Spears, and that's heavy music in comparison to what is on the radio now. Dude, I would uh, come home because TRL would be on at like three every day, right after I got, or maybe four, right after I got out of school. Yeah. So it's like I would come home every day and just watch that shit religiously. Yeah, I would watch it every day. Yeah. All right, next it. question. Uh, next up is from Lichen Lord. Uh, thoughts on bands uh, performing covers live, even if they have more than enough material to finish a set? What's up, Lichen Lord? We met Lichen Lord in, uh, was it, it was the last show. It was Ottawa. Oh, really? Yep. I, I remember meeting him. I just don't yep. remember him being in Ottawa. Yeah, it was at the, the pool table place. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it was the day before that. Covers are cool, man. Why not? Yeah, I think it's Why cool. Why not do it? I think it's cool. I think it can be a special little experience. If it's with, a good song. Yeah, and if they it's can a, play it well, yeah, fucking go for it. There's a band. Right, I'm going to bring this back to myself. There's oh a band right now uh, called Tsunami. They're really big, mm-hmm. hardcore band. They play an animosity song. Yeah, it they seems do. like they play it a lot. Yeah, it seems like people might not even know that it's yeah. an animosity song. They have they a recorded version of it. It's a tsunami song. Yeah, and it's from our first album. It's called so, Fake Blood. Yeah. Isn't it? It's a mixture of two songs. Okay, so yeah, they took the intro from the album and tacked it onto that song. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, but I am like, yeah, it's really cool to see. It's too bad Tsunami is not playing a show in the Bay this weekend. Yeah, and they play bigger shows than Animosity ever did. So it's like they're definitely, it's definitely their song now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that's cool. That's really fucking cool. They're a sick band. I support it. They're hella heavy. And that, uh, yeah, I like what's their drummer's name? Benny. Yeah. He's all, he's sick. His snare goes ping, ping, ping. Yeah, he's a really good drummer. And I've never met him in person, but he seems like a cool guy. Yeah, we want to meet you, Benny. Actually, they're from Santa Cruz, right? I think so. Maybe I should hit him up. See if he wants yeah, to. Yeah, dude. Meet let's up. fucking go hang. Yeah, that'd be cool. Shout out to Benny. Yeah, Benny Tsunami. That's Benny what we call him. Benny Backwoods. I think that's what he is on Instagram. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I like the cigars. Does Benny like to smoke weed? 
Yeah, That's something smokes, only stoners catch uh, on. I was like, uh, <laughs> no, he smokes publicly weed. Oh, okay, yeah, I caught on to Benny that as a fellow stoner. Yeah. The which, blunt variety, I think it is. Which I saw the guy who, um, oh God, I can't remember your name. I'm so sorry, but we met you in Toronto, and you brought us some J's. He commented on the the video from last week. So thank you so much. He for might doing not want to be associated with. Uh, Hanging out. Oh, I guess it's legal there, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah and I you know. threw it up in the Discord. Oh. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he posted on YouTube. Okay. He posted on YouTube as well, so yeah. he's letting everyone know. So thank you, man. You're the best. And Bring in the J's. Keep it coming. People ask me if I want to smoke, and I'm just like, no. Well, uh, sometimes I, don't, I feel kind of bad because it's not like I don't want to smoke with them. I just don't smoke weed. Well, so. I don't know if you knew this, but... Dave Davidson, every night when he announced our band name, he's like, I like to call him High Entheos because they love weed. And it's like, I'm the only person who loves weed in the band. Well, Rob. But Rob wasn't there. That's true. I'm the and only person. Shannon. Yeah, so me and Rob are out party. here. Yeah, Shannon does our merch. So, it's so I guess Harrison's on the no weed, right? Yeah. Harrison does not. So half weed. the crew, weed, half no weed. Half boring, half super cool, basically. True. <laughs> True. Although saying. I would say sometimes uh, weed c- can make people sort of boring, can demotivate oh. people. To, I've noticed this. Like That's sometimes true. when I was uh, more trying to go party, mm-hmm. let's fucking go out. People who are really stoned don't really usually want to go out party. Oh, I've noticed it. Not you. Just <laughs> I mean, you're in there sometimes, but. I feel like honestly, we, I don't, and I think that you could attest to this. We, I don't really change. Like it's not, yeah. I'm the same person whether I smoke or not. Yeah, but I'm sometimes just, when people my, are like, I'm, uh, I'm a little yeah. more chilled out on weed. You know, it makes you more want to stay put. Uh, I, and for me too, when I was in my smoking days. And I don't have anything way like, back in. I must clarify the reason why I don't smoke is not, I'm not like morally one. opposed to it or anything. I just actually don't like being stoned. Yeah. So I sometimes wish that I did like it. Yes, that's the Californian in you. Yeah, because sometimes we get weed and I'll smell it and it smells really good. And I'm like, Damn, weed that's does smell And I really like the good. act of smoke, smoking weed yeah. is actually really fun, like hanging out. And I'm the kind of stoner that um, whenever I smell a skunk in the distance, I'm like, oh my God, that smells so fire. Yeah. I mean, even I think that. I'm like, whoa, it smells <laughs> like, like weed. Damn, that's fucking yeah. fire. Jesus. Actually, our friend who lives down the street was just talking about he smelled that. And he was like, is my neighbor like token up? <laughs> yeah. And his little dog got sprayed in the face by a skunk. <laughs> That's what it was. His dog's name is Mr. Finley. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Is there another question? Yeah, one last one. <laughs> all right. As from we're all wrong. Wait, what was the question? Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, playing a cover. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, cool we're hella it. down for that. Maybe we'll do it one day. But chances are that if we did it, it wouldn't be another metal band song. Really? Oh, maybe not. I don't fucking know. Why can't it be like Dying Fetus or something? Cannibal. Well, we do do that. We do yeah. that. Damn, I should do another fetus cover, man. Naveen, yeah. let's team up on a cover. All right. All right, throw it on the schedule. All right. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the calendar and trick <laughs> you. Okay, next question. All right, last question is from We're All Wrong. Uh, how much cheaper is it to live in uh, Tennessee than California? Half the cost. Yeah, I would say. Roughly half. If it's you if all, all things in, uh, it's about that much. How much is cheaper. our gas right now? Uh, $2.86. And I mean, in in California, I'm sure it's like $6 yeah. a gallon. But we must preface that with we don't live in 
Nashville proper. No, we, we live don't. in the county next to Nashville. We live in the burbs, baby. So Sumner County is going to be cheaper than Davidson County. All right, now we're giving away counties. It's a big county. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I would say, depending on where you live in California and depending on your current situation, mm-hmm. it could be, it could be even less than half, because some people could be tied up in crazy mortgages. Yeah. Right. In California, and here it's going to be like that's straight away. That's going to be at least fifty percent less. But I will say, if you decide to get an apartment like in the heart of Nashville, it can be pretty damn close to California prices. Yeah, you can spend. It's pretty expensive. One of the things that Chaney and I really love about being here is uh, Nashville actually has everything that I liked about California. Yes. But then we live in a quieter suburb that has all the stuff I don't like about California. Yes, because let's not forget that, yes, we are way about Nashville. We love it here. It does cost a lot less. But Nashville is essentially like the Hollywood of the South. Yeah. And more it's, and more really cool friends are moving here. It's very L.A. adjacent. And um, like there are super famous people who live here. And there are super rich people who live here. And it's a really desirable area to live because, you know, winters are pretty short. It's yep. very mild most of the year, except for the summer when it's super hot. So it's a desirable place to live, and a lot of rich people are here to help drive up the prices yeah. of certain areas. So it all depends, like, the area you look. If you're moving to Brentwood, you're going to pay – that's where a lot of, <clears throat> like, country stars live. You're going to pay a lot more than you pay where we live. So it just depends, you know, Uh more often than not, it's going to cost a lot less, though, if you look in the right areas. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, roughly half on average, it, depending right. on where you are. Well, but, there and then, you go. I mean, I'm going to throw another couple things about Nashville. It's, it's a city whose infrastructure is based around music. Right. So, I mean, if that's not fucking cool to you, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's the it is so fucking cool. Like, it's the coolest we, thing ever. When we recorded, we. Recorded with Mark Lewis. He lives literally down the street. Mm-hmm. Anything I needed, Minel's here. I literally went to Minel the other day, just drove over there. There's tons of rental companies. to You can rent any piece of gear you can think of. Yep. You know, Mark wanted these specific mics and stuff. I went and picked them up. Yep. From their studios that are huge, and they all have, a lot of them have like a rental side to them. So, <clears throat> I mean, come on. Even with what are you uh, thinking? Even like t- bus touring, yeah. tour bus companies are they're here. They are located here. We see like down the street from our house, there are tour buses pulling in and out all the time because there's like a, a tour bus storage yeah. place. So if you're interested so in music, cool. I personally like even LA. LA's cool. LA is really big. And the traffic in L.A., it's like if you're doing something in L.A., that's what you're doing that day. I know. Even if it's just like grocery shopping and going to the gym. That's, that's like, like what you're doing that day. a huge portion of your day just to so, do that. So Nashville, if you are a musician, it's, I would say, one of the, I don't know, two or three places to be. New uh, York, L.A. Yeah. And then the metal scene is really growing here yeah a lot of our friends from <coughs> la that are in metal are trying to move here yeah i'm not gonna call them out right now but a couple come to mind and i would like for more people to move here me too there are a ton of people who live here Straight man up. it's like 
I'm not going to put anyone on blast, but a ton of like no, well-known yeah. musicians who are in bands, a bunch of different bands spanning metal bands, from by the way, metal bands, not talking about country. spanning from, but even it's like, you know, metal core, death metal, tech death, they're hardcore. Yeah. There's a huge fucking metal scene here. And it's like, every time we go to a show, we see a bunch of, uh, there is a huge yeah. community. They're like, it. oh, so-and-so from, you know, this huge band actually just moved here. Yeah. You're like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is that I feel like the metal community in Nashville is small. Like, we got here just in time that, like, what we were talking about last week. It's a place to build a community around your band. Yeah. Like, it can happen. And a bunch of us, you know, in Fury lives here. A bunch of those, we're homies with a bunch of those people. It's like death metal scene. Yeah, the community is only growing. So it's, we're it's a place to be, man. It's a hot spot and it's getting hotter. And I'm so glad that we moved here. <clears throat> Me too. I Wouldn't think about change it all it. the time. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, props. Come out to Nashville. Come visit. Come to Nashville, man. Um, Hope you all have a great week. Uh, maybe we'll cross paths with some of you at the Earth Crisis show at Gil- yeah. Gilman. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Much love, y'all. Have a good one.